0: I'm gonna take the seven
1: points, and we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that down. Bob has Oakland at six to seven wins.
0: You know, I'm not trying to start every episode with a foolish remark from the previous week, but it is funny to hear them after the fact, especially when they're being called out as foolish at the time as well so with that this is swipe right sports your sports pod hookup i'm your host bobby Adcock, episode six week four college football week three nfl let's get into it first we're going to start with the college football dfs recaps of my posts on fake pigskin from last week and a little look ahead to this week then we get right into the picks with the doctor a little improvement for myself last week. The doctor uh, kept going, winning record overall in the NFL. A little slip in his power five, but we're going to get to all that. So let's start with a quick recap of college football DFS from last week and a mini preview of week four. Enjoy. Enjoy. <music> are through three full weeks of the college football season, and I was pretty happy with how last week went, really, uh, on both the day and the night. Um, The good, I think Malik Knowles and Elijah Collins did what they needed to do to justify their selections. Uh, Malik Knowles saved his day with a kick return for a touchdown. After watching that game, it looks like he's probably more of a touchdown-dependent matchup guy going forward they just don't pass the ball enough but the good news is for malik knowles and kansas state fans especially um they have according to pro football focus the top rated quarterback in the nation this year that is correct pro football focus released their ratings or whatever their Little system is to crank out, spit out whatever garbage they do at three weeks in the season to say that Skylar Thompson is the best quarterback in the nation. Um, when I, I just, it's not a big deal. It's 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 just if that's what your ranking or your rating system is spitting out, why bother? Why do we have to do this? We all know the first month of the college football season is typically a farce anyway, where everyone is playing uh, their their non-conference garbage schedule probably rankings for actual teams shouldn't be released till probably six seven weeks in the season so i don't know why this bothered me so much i just kind of looked down at my little roto world app this morning for the updates and read it and was just like why why are we doing this anyway so good for you kansas state uh, best quarterback in the nation <laughs> second thing i wanted to talk about is uh, uh something in the miss department which was the NC State West Virginia being this kind of sneaky shootout. Uh, I completely neglected this game. Every time I looked at it, I wanted no part of it. I kind of even vomited in my mouth a little bit, uh, thinking about watching it and putting any one of my lineups in this game. So uh, it was out of nowhere. Uh, I haven't really gone back and watched it. I will and try to get some information out there, but I think bottom line is, start paying attention to West Virginia. Um, they, they were terrible up until then, and then really uh, beat a very uh, solid NC State team, or one that's expected to compete in the ACC, uh, outside of Clemson, of course. So, um, and the last thing for college DFS last week is just kind of the general approach I'm trying to take with my posts on fake pigskin, and that is to offer the targets. Obviously, I want those to work. I want them to pay off for your lineups and be that be kind of the bread and butter. Beyond that, what I'm trying to do is study each game on the slate to highlight circumstances and situations that I believe are areas of significance for your consideration. For example, in the day slate, I brought up Dylan Gabriel in the quarterbacks section, just kind of mentioning, hey, we don't know who's gonna start kind of like that information with college football. This isn't like the NFL. We're never gonna get perfect information. But if you're into speculating, my guess is he holds the job and he's a fantastic price. And if you took the risk, uh, it paid off huge. He had a big game at a a very low price. And um, I think he's up around now this week at like seven grand. So uh, no longer anyone sleeping on him, including the DK pricing model. So um, same goes for the night with, the TCU running back section. And I just discussed, you know, Darius Anderson and Sewu Awunawana Lea, or I'm not going to say his name right. Who cares? Um, but just kind of not necessarily saying you got to play this guy, just saying, hey, here's this circumstance. One of these guys is kind of a home run hitter. The other guy is maybe more of the between the tackles. Um, this is what to expect. This would be my guess as to how it might play out. Uh, be advised. So, um, and and that's kind of, you know, I want this to be, and so I want this to kind of just, more so than just the targets, I want it to be a maybe just a 10, 12-minute synopsis of each week where after you read, you feel ready to dominate and just live your best CFB DFS life. So uh, that's what I wanted to discuss. Looking a little bit ahead to week four, I think it's starting to get a little bit a little bit you know, difficult to find the value at the real low prices. I think moving forward, uh, we're going to start having to really hit big in the, the five to $6,000 ranges. I think that's where you're going to gain probably the most edges as we move along into this season. Um, so there's that. Next, we are moving to the weekly pick segment with the doctor and just a little clarification about our... Our approaches and our kind of way we go about making these picks so some people they like metrics some are more kind of instinctual and feel some are just logic like hey um I'm taking Kansas City over the Oakland Raiders because the Oakland's bad Kansas City good Uh, sometimes it's just not that deep (laughs) and I think what we do is we offer a healthy balance of all three of those things so even if we go off the rails with the picks and they're awful some weeks we want to do it in an informative entertaining way that makes you think prompts some laughter and who knows there could be some tears maybe it's emotional based on the way MSU season going uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the docker had some breakdowns so he, he's an emotional man I know him personally uh, some people don't think that about him but not true not true that said we have a 21 game slate of college and pro matchups with dozens of tasty morsels and particulars for each one starting now okay as mentioned uh we have a mammoth 21 game slate to get through in our weekly visit at the doctor's office doctor how is the well how are you and how is the examination table looking for this week
1: well i'm doing well we had a we had a tough week in the power five last week but uh you know hey these first couple weeks are tough you gotta you gotta work your way through it and find the trends and as long as you uh can stay afloat early on uh, and start figuring some things out come you know this week and especially in the weeks four, five, and six. Yeah, I, I
0: would agree with that. I would say my, my personal complaint is I think in the Power Five, which we'll get to later on. But uh, you know, I, two in-game quarterback injuries to Ben and Drew. Uh, I, obviously, it's not my fault. I'll never blame myself. So, um, a little victim there, but uh, whatever. Let's start in college. And as always, we cover Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, USC, because we have some affiliation with those schools. So, um, and then the marquee games. And there's a little better slate this week, so uh, we added a couple there. Friday night, your Trojans are at home with maybe their toughest game of the season, The Utah
1: Utes coming in, minus four. What's the doctor have to say on this? Yeah, what a a great Friday night game. It's always good when you get a good matchup on uh, Friday night, uh, bring the weekend in, right? So Utah at uh, USC, one of the big first Pac-12 showdowns. So here's what I got for you. The Utes are seven and two in their last nine road games in September. They're four and one against the spread in their last five. It got Huntley and Moss playing really well. Defense has looked good. Uh, USC lost to BYU last week. Utah rolled 30-12 uh, to 12 on week like one. And USC is also uh, two and four against the spread as a home dog in, it's since 2010. So you put all that together and you're probably thinking, I'm going to go Utah. There's just too much there. I'm going Trojans. I'm going against all the trends. They, they get right. And uh, they get it done. USC plus four. You're, you're fighting on. I'm fighting on. I'm going against all those trends. It's just too much. There's too much there. You got to go opposite of that.
0: Well, yeah. Interestingly enough, um, you know, I, as you know, it's a it's Reggie Bush's. It's the return of Reggie Bush. He hasn't been allowed there in nine years. So um, he's brought he's broadcasting the game for Fox Sports.
1: Uh, so- if-
0: him and Lineart actually are, uh, I think, on, on the on the uh, team. So um, you know that controversy has been settled. Thank thank God. Um, so, interestingly enough, since joining the Pac-12, Kyle Whittingham, the Utah head coach, is 0-4 at USC with an average margin in their losses of 11 points. Uh, like you said, Utah is. You know, playing, they're the, they're the better team. They've been playing well this season. A little more battle-tested. Uh, they had a win in their opener at night in a rival game over BYU. Uh, a convincing win. So I am going to the trends. I'm laying the points. And as I've said, as I said last week, uh, this is the beginning of the end of that Clay Helner era to set up Herb. So... Um, I'm just going to keep going against them and I'm going to go with the Utes minus four and that is going to take us to Madison, Wisconsin. Much anticipated game um, for the Wolverines and Wisconsin really. Uh, We have Wisconsin minus three and a half. Docker.
1: So this is a, a battle of the Kings of September. Both of these teams get so much hype coming into the end of the year, and, and they usually you know stumble uh, outside of September, and as they get on the schedule and play play better teams. So this is for the king of September. Um, <laughs> you know, both teams are coming up by, so both should be should be ready to go. Uh, they're pretty similar teams here. I think you've got good run games, um, solid defenses. So I'm, I'm going. You know, with a quarterback view of this, and, and I do think Shea um, will make a few more plays in this one. Uh, also, you know, Wisconsin has four freshmen on the offensive line, which, hey, that Don Brown defense is, oh my is always special. <laughs> Look out for Donnie B and the boys. But the other thing is, Wisconsin hasn't played anybody, but right? they've been dominant. I, they I don't think they have a point yet. So they've seen no adversity and we poked fun at michigan for for that army game but they got through it they got a win they, they face adversity done uh, i'm taking the wolves plus three and a half in madison in a game that everybody's calling a big game which really isn't a big game at all but both these teams will have like three losses by the end of the year
0: yeah and i agree with all that to add on just kind of like how these are like fake good teams for the most part every year what would the line against OSU be this week? I mean, Ohio State. What would the line be at Ohio State for either of these teams this week? Mine is digits. Absolutely. So it's just like, yeah, for it's, sure. it's just, it just gives you some perspective. Like, oh, yeah, big matchup. Two, uh, two top 15 teams. It's like, yeah, whatever. Um, right. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, do you know the last time the Michigan Wolverines won at Wisconsin? Can, do, do, do you recall? I do not. I'll tell you what. The head coach was Lloyd Carr for Michigan Damn. and Barry Alvarez for Wisconsin. Oh, wow. and it was 2001. Can you believe Holy that? Shit. No, I can't. Yes. 2001. An amazing it came, pull. And it came on. It, this, is, this is so bizarre. But it came on a punt with under 30 seconds to go where Michigan was punting they were tied up and the punt hit the leg of a Michigan gunner. Or, I'm sorry, it hit the leg of the Wisconsin gunner. I, I reversed that. It hit the leg of the Wisconsin gunner. Michigan recovered it inside the 20 yard line and Hayden Epstein hit a field goal with under like 20 seconds to win the game. 2017. Did you,
1: did you go back in YouTube and watch this today or what?
0: Absolutely, I watched this. Not today, yes, I but it. I, I watched this. Uh, John Navar <laughs> versus John Navar versus hey, Brooks Bollinger. Yes,
1: I once is- pl- I once played John Navar in a I "I Am Who" game, uh, and I will add, we won, and he was ejected with a double technical. He and we guarded each other. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> that, that's outstanding. I'm so yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the last time these guys won in Madison. So bizarre. Um, uh, you know, but uh, I'm I'm actually with you. Uh, I I agree with the whole premise that. We don't know anything about either of these teams. They both have tons of question marks, tons of proof. I think they're very similar, and it's actually a good matchup for Michigan um, because Wisconsin just does their base offense and runs the ball into the line. So I'm taking Wolverines plus 3.5 as well. Um, And that will bring us to our Spartans, and they are at... Evanston, Illinois, to take on the Northwestern
1: Wildcats. MSU up to minus nine. Where are you at? Oh, what a disappointing week last week for, for Michigan State. It just looked like 18 all over again. Um, certainly was not fun to watch. Um, but let me tell you a little something about uh, a little reverse line trend that's going on with this game. Oh, but. So this um, um, open. I got it. This, <laughs> <laughs> this opened up at seven and, and is all the way up to nine. Uh, yet, seventy-two percent of the of the bets placed are on Northwestern, so which would lead you to believe that the line would move the other way. So, what it, that tells you is that the pros are the big money. Lo- yeah, so less number of bets, but the big money is going on Michigan State so those pros don't know what the hell they're talking about though they haven't seen this michigan state offense for the last two years <laughs> it stinks and there's absolutely no way michigan state is covering the nine points i'm the doctor i'm the pro these guys don't know what the hell is going on it's northwestern plus nine
0: wow there there is the uh there's the surgical uh, prognosis right there L- listen um This Northwestern team is a it's a bad path that's team. Okay, this is not good. They they lost to a lousy Stanford team in week one. Last week in their only other game, they gave up runs of 65, uh, sorry, touchdown runs of 65 and 37 yards in the first half to UNLV. If Michigan State cannot, all they need to do is put up three offensive touchdowns they do that I'm talking 20 to 10 I'm talking you know 17 to 7 I I'm laying the nine points Michigan State I, I I have to think they can get past this team this is not a good Northwestern team not the typical team that that takes down uh, the last three years which by the way by the way just really quickly Pat Fitzgerald, the first seven matchups two and five against Antonio the flying Fitzgeralds have stormed back with three straight in the series to even it five and five career, D'Antonio Fitzgerald. So I yeah. think Mark gets in this
1: year. Yeah, I, I think Michigan State might squeak up a win, but I, their, their offense is just so bad. I, I don't think they can score three touchdowns. You're going to need a defensive touchdown to cover that. I want to add one thing uh, the Spartan faithful are, are all over D'Antonio right now, and it was bad last week. I, I consider that kind of D'Antonio's. Uh, Izzo's Syracuse game in the tournament or he just did an awful job and there was no no rugby from that it's just it's on him but people people calling for his job right now are delusional Um, Uh. he has out coached and won many big games in many big moments and created a lot for Michigan State do I think they're you know work on the offense and change the things of course but you're talking about getting rid of a guy who has done so much there and what are you gonna what are you gonna replace him with? And it goes back to the cycles of Texas, Notre Dame, and Michigan, where they force these coaches out, and then they go in a decade of just complete disarray. So you want to move D'Antonio out? Want to get him to resign? That's fine. You better get him on board with it, so he can be there to, to support the transition. But people calling for his job right now—it's just—it's—it's it's not there yet. Well, I,
0: I don't want to spend too much more time on this, because we're obviously. We're deep in it. We're Michigan State fans, but yeah. if you've heard some of his comments this week, uh, we like to bag on the other school uh, for being, uh, we use the word delusional a lot um, for, for another fan base and for another head coach, and if you heard Mark talk this week about uh, his philosophies, uh, um, he, the word delusional uh, comes to mind. So, I, I it, it, look, I'll just say this, if they can't if they can't three offensive scores against this team after what they put out there last week, I, after after a team like UNLV, you know, it's <laughs> like could could move the ball, man. I don't know what to really tell you. They, they, yeah, they, we could talk.
1: We can talk about this for an hour. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, one,
0: one one just to make it more depressing, um, the last game they played at Northwestern. Do you know LaWorkey's stat line?
1: Uh... I don't. I watched that in the airport. I, I, I do remember that. Um, Overtime game? Yeah, that's right. Just tons of yards, right?
0: Yeah, 39, 445 yards and four touchdowns. Okay, anyway, <laughs> moving on to the next game. <laughs> we will go with uh, just one of the marquee games in the afternoon. Uh, Texas A&M at home, lane 3.5 to the Auburn Tigers. An SEC marquee matchup. Where is the doctor?
1: Yeah, so you got you got Bo Nix in into Kyle Field and the 12th man. It's supposed to be one of the toughest places to play in college. Uh, however, the road team in this matchup has won six of the last seven, and I, I think um, I think Auburn's defense is going to be uh, too much for the A&M offense to handle. And I'm going Auburn plus the three and a half. Okay, I'm going opposite here. I think. Uh...
0: Kellen Mann as the more experienced quarterback. I think he's actually been an improved passer. A and they are a little closer to the elite teams in the SEC that I think Auburn is. They—they they match Clemson physically. Uh, earlier this year, they ha- they held Travis Etienne to his lowest yards per carry in his career as a starter at three point three yards. Or sorry, second lowest. Um, so I, I just think they. I think they have enough to get it done. I think they do more passing-wise with Kellen Mond, so I'm laying the three and a half points. And okay. that that takes us to the first marquee night game. The Irish, Notre Dame, traveling to another SEC team, Georgia Bulldogs. Bulldogs, a whopping 14 and a half point favorite.
1: Where's the doctor? Yeah, it's no secret here. Notre Dame has has struggled against um, some of the elite teams on on big stages and have lost games in really, really big ways. Um, Unfortunately for for the Irish, I I think that happens uh, again tonight. The Dogs have won uh, 15 straight at home. They are five and two against the spread of double-digit favorites. I think Notre Dame struggles to run the ball and stop the run. I think Ian Book's going to be put in some tough situations, and although I, I like him as a quarterback. I I just – I don't see them keeping up, and I see this one getting ugly for the Irish, Georgia, minus 14.5. Yeah, um, I think
0: we're, we're on the same wavelength here. And the way I lay this out is just eight months ago, N.D., was on the field with a kind of, you know, upper echelon, quote-unquote, elite team in Clemson after they were undefeated for the year. But a good a good Notre Dame team. They were good. Yeah. And they got worked out 31-3. That was an ND team that lost six stars on defense, including four uh, to the NFL draft, the two best players of which were on the defensive line, which is the strength of Georgia, four offensive line uh, Stars returning who are probably all going to play in the NFL, and then there are two great running backs: one DeAndre Swift. I agree. I think there is no stopping the Georgia offense. The only question is, can Ian Book and Notre Dame kind of keep pace? I I I'm going to say they can't. I'm going to lay the 14 and a half with Georgia as well. So um, we'll see. Should, should be a, a good night matchup, but George all the way for me. Um, and and then. When that game kind of gets out of hand, as we think it will, <laughs> I think the, the fun uh, game of the night is like the Arena League matchup with Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy and his mullet traveling to Texas Longhorns at night. We've already had a, a night game with them this year. Texas minus five and a half. Where are you
1: at? Well, I got to start with saying how much I love Mike Gundy. I love the man <laughs> who turned who turned 40 a, a little over a decade ago, and his, his moment is special. I, I try to get behind him as as much as I can, but they this is not your typical Mike Gundy team. They've got a freshman quarterback. Um, they had to come from behind to beat Tulsa last week, who Michigan State handled, which is not a good look for them. Um, and, and I think this is a Sam Ellinger kind of game. I think it's going to be opened up and like you said with notre Dame not being able to keep up i don't think the freshman qb and and uh and mike gundy's offense can do the same thing with texas so i think texas minus a seven i think it's going to be way bigger than that uh, unfortunately because i'd like to see gundy and the boys hang in there and, and i mean he's electric he's he's top five entertainment value for, for college head coach uh, okay
0: well i i think it will be i think it will be closer just because neither of these teams can stop anybody and they're just really trying to outscore the opponent um and i agree with the freshman quarterback being a disadvantage and this is kind of his first big spot to be in and interestingly enough i watched that game against Tulsa, and he can't throw the ball so that's also uh, that's also not a good thing but the good thing about mike gundy is that he knows that and he keeps it very simplified which is what i like him is they throw screens to tylon wall Plus, they're uh, one of the best playmaking receivers in the country or they just throw bombs and they it's all that's all i do and then they hand the ball to a guy named chuba hubbard who uh runs for a million yards a game so i i think this will be a close game a highly entertaining game but again you ask me i'm taking ellinger i think he's a gamer he plays well in big spots has a track record for the last year i'm gonna lay the five and a half with texas and uh yes that is it and we did you say five and a half? It is five and a half. Yes, correct.
1: That's not what you said. Did I did, I, did I say that? No, you did You said five and a half. That's correct. You can cut that. I said seven. I'm incorrect. You can cut yeah, that. you're you're no,
0: I'm not I'm not cutting
1: anything. You're incorrect. All right. That takes us <laughs> right. over to
0: the <laughs> NFL. And uh, let's just let's just set the uh, let's set the landscape here for the NFL. Um, last week. I was two and three in the Power Five, seven and eight overall. Uh, you know, little improvement for me. Obviously, I complain about getting screwed by the in-game injuries for Drew Brees and Ben. That's uh, not my fault. So, you know, obviously I that, that was a victim. Um, <laughs> and you were one and four in your Power Five. Same two Same victim, victim as well. Yeah, you victim, no, we're all, all victims. Absolutely, all victims. Uh, And a nine and six overall winning record Um, for the season. I'm three and seven, putrid in my power five. You're five and five. I'm 11 and 19 overall. You're 16 and 14, a winning record for the doctor. And uh, just to kind of also set the stage overall for the NFL through two weeks, the dogs have a 19 and 13 advantage. Road teams, oddly enough, just in general, 21 and 11 against the spread, home favorites, five and 14. We have 13 home favorites this right. week. Right. Thir- only 13. only two road. Yeah, only two dogs. Yeah, and um, and then home, dogs five and eight. And there have been no outright or, or sorry, favorites that are seven or greater or four and five. And there have been no outright losses from those heavy favorites yet. So. Wow. Uh, I, that's gotta change this week, right? So um, let's just get into it. First matchup would be uh, the Bungles of Cincinnati at Buffalo. Buffalo looking to get the 3-0 for the first action. 2011, lane six. Who would have thought that in week, week one? So the uh, Williams yeah. in New York. Yeah, yeah Kings, Kings in
1: New York, baby. State, state champs. State Back champs. in the New York groove. Love it. <laughs> can you believe this? since he has one in nine in its last 10 games that that is just awful and they were blown out by the Niners last week um you know the Bills defense uh so far has been it's been pretty strong statistically they're they're up there I think they're in the top five now having said that they played you know the Jets and the Giants so what do you really know but then again we probably put Cincy in with the Jets and the Giants as far as teams that are just not very good. So I'm I'm rolling with Kings, New York. I got Buffalo minus to six. Okay. Interesting you say that. Um, I would
0: like to introduce a, a, a stat that I think you know I kind of track a little bit. And what that is, is an offensive touchdown drive stat that I track each team every week who has offensive touchdown drives of 50 yards or greater now why 50 yards this is because it removes the advantages gained from turnovers and special teams for the offense that they get and it also i exclude all touchdown drives from garbage time for example washington has had two of these in the first week of the season they do not count when you're down in the fourth quarter by you know 30 20 points
1: you don't get credit for that does that make sense? It does. I can name an, another guy who's got a lot of touchdowns like that. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. So, um, I like the so, stat,
0: Bob. Well okay. Well, so, yeah. So, se- essentially, what it is, it's just a simple reflection of an offense's ability to execute touchdown drives from normal starting field position when the game is in question. That's all it is. Okay. It's, it's not, you know, whatever advanced metric, but that I think it, it makes sense. So... In the first two weeks, Cincy's ratio is three to seven. That's tied for fourth worst in the NFL. Buffalo's six to three, fifth best in the NFL. In addition to that, Cincy's averaging a league worst 1.8 yards per carry on the ground. um, And and who are we kidding? I mean, look, we, we kind of talked last week. They played like relatively well in Seattle and kind of thought, oh, you know, maybe this is kind of a surprise team. You know what, when you go home in your home opener right for the season, and you show your ass like they did and get down 31 to 10 early in the third quarter, it's just not, you're the bottom five team that everyone thought you were. I I just, I can't do it. Um, Bills, I think they get to three and oh for the first time since 2011, like we talked about. I'm all Bills minus six. Yes. Way way out. I like it. <laughs> all right, all right. But that stat might come up later too, as well. So um, that takes us to one of the college football point spreads in the NFL this week. There's two of them: Miami Dolphins at Dallas. Uh, Dallas minus 21 and a half. I, where do you start with this?
1: So there are no trends. There are no statistics. There's no analysis needed for for this game. People are just not allowed to bet in Miami. You're not allowed to bet on Miami. That's it. So it's Dallas minus twenty-one and a half. You can say all the numbers you want. You're just not allowed to bet on Miami anymore. That's that's just the rule. Okay. guys, so can,
0: can I give a little perspective of how yeah. hard how hard is it is to cover twenty-one and a half once in the NFL? So I just just talk about just talk about last week. Okay. Yeah. The the Patriots were big favorites. Now, look, the Dolphins at half were down 13 nothing. At the end of the third, we're down 23 nothing. getting the ball. And I think right there, if you have the Dolphins, as from a betting standpoint, it's like, hey, we're down 23 nothing. I got a, I don't know, 50-50 shot to cover this. I have a whole quarter. The Patriots are going to take the foot off the gas. And then, of course, you know, Fitz Magic does his thing and uh, throws two pick houses, which is ridiculous. So I, I, I just want to point out that that is a very, no matter what you're doing, the, the margin for error for someone like the Patriots or Dallas is so small in an NFL game to cover that big of a net.
1: So, and, and, go ahead. Yeah, but Bob, it's, it's happening, right? Like <laughs> you say, those, it's 50-50 shot. No, this isn't like a normal NFL team. This is a terrible team right now who I mean, is probably the worst we've seen in uh, maybe ever through their first two games. Like, it's, I get what you're saying. You're thinking of normal bottom barrel NFL teams. I think we've got something we've never seen here before, so I expect to pick six. I ex- might expect two or a fumble the house or a block punt, or something It's just it's it, you're treating this like a normal situation. You're trying to come at it logically and there's no logic or history you can use in this game. You can't. That's fair.
0: Um, it's, it, 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 may be, it may be the most blatant example of NFL taking that we have. Um, uh, I, it probably is bigger than John Gruden's last year with the Raiders. So um, that's fair. I would like to add a narrative spin. Um, is it good for the Dolphins to be on the road? Just, God, you're trying so hard. It
1: doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter. They're going to bond together. They're going to talk about nobody believes in us. And they're going to, you know, they're going to. And they're going to be
1: down 21 dick
0: in the middle of the second quarter. And then they're all going to just refer back to what it was. That doesn't matter. You know what? Josh Rosen, he's starting. It's been announced. This is going to be a 35 14 winner. Uh, that that covers the twenty one and a half. Give me the dolphins.
1: All right. <laughs> oh my god, that's a bad one.
0: Okay, all right. We're moving on to uh we're going back to the Midwest. We're 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 getting in uh Green Bay. Green yeah, so Bay. I, yeah, oh go ahead, lay it up. Well Sorry. Green Bay minus seven and a half. at uh to
1: uh, to Vic Fangio and whatever you wanna call them Denver Broncos yeah so you know, Green Bay last week starts out high they get 21 first half points and, and then they just stall out and they're just they're hanging on against a, against a good Minnesota defense um, and then you look back to, to, to week one against a good Chicago defense only put up 10 they're just they're struggling that, that Green Bay offense is struggling haven't haven't found their groove yet um, their Green Bay defense uh, not not great against the run statistically um, and so now you bring in a Denver team who has uh, Joe Flacco, who we know has not looked good. but Not elite? I, I, not, certainly not elite. Um, but I think, the De- so I think the Denver rushing attack here uh, does a little damage. I don't think they're going to win the game. But I'm, I'm going to go Broncos here, uh, plus the 7.5 in, in Lambeau. That's nice. Um,
0: do you remember... <laughs> Do you remember that stat I discussed about offensive touchdown drives? Yes, I I do recall. What would you guess the Broncos touchdown drives are through two games? That they've had meaningful touchdown drives of over 50
1: yards? One, the last drive against Chicago? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, (laughs) Joe Flacco stinks. He, he stinks. Yeah, I, but he does stink. But I see this as a, I see this as a low-scoring game. I think they I think they get the thirteen. Let's say and I, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers having a, having a big day again. So it's gonna be low scoring. Uh, okay, sure.
0: And I just want to add to that uh, stat that John Elway has been uh, openly publicly questioning whether his left tackle, a first-round pick from two years ago, understands what holding actually is because he's been leading the league in this penalty for, like, two years. So, um, yeah, I'm going to lay the seven and a half of Green Bay. Uh, that's, that's all I have to say. So, um, Well, I like
1: it. We got we got some disagreement this week at the start. That's good.
0: It's, pr- it's pr- pr- Probably, yeah, it's better.
1: Too much agreement was,
0: was not good. They knew that was a bad sign. So let's move on to Indianapolis Colts, and they're taking on uh, my – atlanta falcons who got the job done last on sunday night um
1: any minus one and a half what do you say i think this is one of the most intriguing matchups of the week you got an atlanta team that played played pretty well last week and rebounded from from week one uh, and you've got an Indy team that's been i think more consistent than than most thought would be um so i got atlanta here uh they're one in five against the spread in their, over the last six road games, and they've just been been kind of inconsistent in the past. Uh, this first two games, then into last year, and you've got an indie team that that's been pretty consistent. So Brissett is five TDs to one interception, and he he led them in some crucial moments to to beat Tennessee. Uh, I think Mac is questionable. I don't know if that changes a whole lot. I still think the the running game would be pretty good. So I'm gonna go gonna go indie here laying the one and a half
0: okay in, in addition to mac i think for me you know i i darius Leonard, their best defensive player is in concussion protocol and also uh starting cornerback highly questionable for the colts as well which flies in the face of atlanta's massive strength which is potentially the best uh, one two wide receiver combo in football so um, I, I think that Atlanta here has kind of a new lease on life with that win and also the injury to uh, in the NFC South. If they can get to 2-1 and one here, they could be in the driver's seat now in that division, honestly. So um, I'm going with my Dirty Birds. I backed them to the beginning of the year. They came through last weekend. Uh, my Falcons plus the 1.5, I will go. And that takes us to... Kansas City, where I have uh, bet against them, or not bet, but you know, picked against them twice, and they are now minus six at home in their home against the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Where is uh, so? I, I've got a little uh, a little theme going tonight, where there's a couple games here where, uh, like I said around the Dallas Miami game, there's no statistics, there's no analysis, there's no summary, there's no trends needed. Uh people are not allowed to bet against Mahomes. Just not allowed to do it. The guy is disgusting. What he did last week against some of the throws he made and what he's done throughout his career. It's just it's unbelievable. Um and then also you had uh Demarcus Robinson filling in for Tyree Kill. It was almost as if it was the same guy in the field. Uh so I I'm going K C minus the six and you should do the same and everybody else should do the same. You should not be betting against Mahomes right now. Just just don't do it. Doctor's orders. So that is the uh, true sign, I think,
0: we both agree, of a truly great quarterback is someone like Tyreek Hill goes out of your offense and all of a sudden DeMarcus Robinson, who I looked this up, never had more than five catches or even, even surpassed 100 yards in his three years in the NFL, uh, goes for six and 172 and all of a sudden is basically Jerry Rice. That's the sign of of true greatness at that position. I mean, it was, that was unbelievable. And I know it was against Oakland and whatever, but to not miss a beat like that was so impressive. And he had, he had four touchdowns in the second quarter. So um, (laughs) it was was so stupid to watch. Uh, All that said, doctor, all that said, um, I'm a stubborn person. And I think the Ravens match up really well with Kansas City. Their left tackle is out for this game. Eric Fisher, pro bowler. uh, Very important player in their offensive line. Kansas City still giving up. Almost six yards per carry, to running backs. That's not including running backs, or sorry, not including quarterback, which we know Lamar just rushed for over 100 yards last game. They played them very tough in this game last year. Um, and also, look, I've picked against them twice.
1: So if I keep going, it has to eventually work. Baltimore plus six is my pick. You obviously, <laughs> you obviously weren't listening. You did listen to <laughs> what I said. And if you notice, I didn't even say Baltimore. I didn't say Lamar Jackson. I didn't mention anything because it just doesn't matter. It, it's Mahomes. It's the Chiefs. It, it, you're just you're wrong on this one. Okay. I, I no, that's that's wonderful. That that we will we will find out.
0: Um, can't wait to play a clip from this in the opening next week. So um, we go to my Oakland Raiders (laughs) that I predicted will win six, seven games. And then at, yep, at, uh, we, we, everyone knows. uh, At Minnesota, Minnesota, a whopping pretty big nine point favorite. Where are you at?
1: Big number. Doctor. So, since Gruden's return, Oakland is a whopping six and 10 against the spread. That includes uh, a local two and six on the road. Uh, Minnesota is four, two and one. Uh, It's a home favorite in their last seven. Uh, They're coming home. Defense is strong. Cooks look good. Uh, Oakland struggled last week. It's Minnesota minus nine all the way.
0: Okay, well, going back to last season, have, I've had this theory about the Vikings being just a very kind of fake good team. And this is similar to like how we judge college teams where they they beat up on the shitty teams they face. And then when they played real teams, they get blasted. Um, and, and just to kind of support that, Minnesota, eight, seven, and one last year. Seven of those wins came against losing teams overall record being 36 and 75 um
1: I know another I think, guy like that I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and and also it, I think this carried over a little bit you know they're they're 1-0 they kind of had Atlanta played like terrible in week one and they went on the road to Green Bay where okay now they, they got a real a real spot in division game against Aaron Rodgers all right are you for real or not guess what down 21 dick in the second quarter to, to green bay like it's the same story so it's just like uh you know I, I don't i don't buy into them at all to be honest but this is a week where they got uh, you know a wounded duck here in oakland uh, josh jacobs looks to be banged up who's already one of the most important players offensively I think they do what they do, and they boss up on a bad team, and they, you know, show everyone look good again, and we're, you know, we're back, and all this stuff. So um, I'm, I'm
1: definitely in the night with Minnesota. <laughs> even though, even though you like Oakland to get six or seven wins, I like it. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, they're they're my they're my Raiders. So uh, we'll, okay. we'll we'll You're get us right. some other we'll get us other way. <laughs> I, got, I, got right. some, I got some plans for them. Um, all right, that brings us to the next uh, college football line. Pats minus 22 against the Jets <laughs> and um, you know look I'll just start this one off because I know what you think and I I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you what someone else thinks someone else who's way more qualified than either of us to judge the New York Jets and their quarterback situation um, when when Bill Belichick was asked about the, the situation for the Jets In their quarterbacks. He said, Well, quote, well, I think nobody knows the quarterback situation better than Adam Gase does. He feels like Luke Falk has more experience in the system, which he does, than any other player that they have. He was in with him last year in Miami. He went through all the game plans, went through all the adjustments, had a whole year of it in Miami. Darnold didn't do that. Simi didn't do that. I think that Coach Gates has expressed the confidence that he has in his quarterback, and I believe him. I don't think he would have brought him to New York and he would have put him in there if he didn't have that. I don't expect the offense to change. Bill, unquote, unquote, Bill Belichick believes greatly in, in this Jets quarterback situation. So, I mean, how can you go against one of the greatest football coaches of all time, really, in, in, in college or pro?
1: Are you going against him?
0: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So you're taking Jets, New
1: England.
0: I want I, don't know, I want Jets. I want, uh, same same logic. I'm sticking with his logic as Dallas. I'm doing Jets plus no. the twenty-two. That's it. Uh,
1: I, I I recall a game. I think it was. Uh, Gosh, it was, it was Peyton Manning. I think they were playing Jacksonville during the Jacksonville terrible days, and they were like a 20-point favorite. And, and we thought we had a chance in the third quarter we had took the big dog. And it was like you were talking about that coin toss and all that stuff. It, it ended up being like a 35-0 game. And, and just no chance. Uh, <laughs> that's happening again. I, I'll tell you what, fun little storyline here. Pick 199 versus pick 199 tv 12 versus lf8 uh that's that's been the story going around today both were drafted at 199. so that's been exciting and fun to talk about but this is the same thing right there, there's no analysis there's no analysis needed if you if you want a reason if you need a reason uh new england 76 to 3 the first two games offensively defensively sound they're, they're showing no mercy either. they're not slowing down on teams they're just they're gonna keep running it up it's new england all day uh, you don't get rich betting against England unless they play Miami, except when Fitzgerald is quarterback.
0: Uh, Fitzpatrick, thank you. Um,
1: thank you. <laughs> that that
0: brings us to um, that brings us to the last game of the one o'clocks, and it is our Motor City Kitties, and they are at Philadelphia. Philadelphia minus six.
1: And what is the doctor? What's the prognosis? Oh, man, I'm just so excited about these Detroit Lions. Another amazing, meaningful, and great fourth-quarter comeback.
0: Sorry, sorry, I
1: forgot to say the undefeated Detroit Lions. There you go, undefeated Detroit Lions. Another great fourth-quarter comeback by our special QB, CDS. That was a nice (sighs) one for the Lions. Way way to get it done. I think uh, they needed two missed field goals and a fumble on the goal line. But, hey, a win's a win, and we're undefeated. Uh, That won't last. Um, yeah banged up Philly team last week that, that didn't get it done against Atlanta um just there's just not a whole lot here with with Detroit they I still they won last week I don't see a lot of bright spots like what what is one takeaway you can take from the game last week I, not much zero um, Zero. right like they won but what, what are you saying great about the win uh so I'm, I'm going with Philly Philly minus six okay
0: um I have a few things written down. The first one was, I hate watching their games more than anybody. Um, they, they, they're the worst. They, they, I know that we watch these games, and we're not watching every other team week to week. Like, not, not every other team, but they're so bad. I, I, the penalties, they, they never stop. Um, listen, I, I, what's so funny about this is Philly, I think, is a – they're playing for a Super Bowl. They're so much better than this team, uh, roster-wise, in every way, shape, or form. And they're they're the most banged-up team in the league right now. Uh, um, their two best interior linemen are out for I, maybe the season. I don't believe Jackson is. Timmy Jerk is out for an extended period. Uh, Sean Jeffrey, d Dallas Goder, uh, all all questionable. And I I just think they're catching them. this perfect time and it's 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 so it's so detroit are you gonna do it are you gonna do it i no i here here's what i think it is i think it's the window cover and then we get a week of oh no but they're good because they hung with philly and and that's that's what it is so i i'm taking Detroit plus a six and uh yeah i i think they i think they hang around and make it close and i think it's just they're catching the perfect week so whatever um i i can't wait to hate watching that game so um let's just get out of here to the four o'clocks. for christ's <laughs> sake um <laughs> so uh the first one is at least you know this is a perfect example i, I just don't want to keep talking with the lions but um the first game four o'clock carolina in the desert uh arizona now it opened up at I think Carolina minus two and a half. Now, now, Cardinals minus two and a half because Cam is fully expected, unlikely to play. Um, and yes, I, the reason I cover the Lions is as much as I don't think the Cardinals are going anywhere this season. How interesting are they in general? If that was the Lions scenario where we had Kyler Murray and Kingsbury, it would, at the very, very least, you would just go this is going to be interesting so um anyway where but we go no no we, don't. Don't. we have this no, we, we have this boring it's it's
1: it's it's awful it's awful football anyway where where are the answer right so can is not expecting the plan they haven't officially announced it yet but it, everything is leaning that way so that's the assumption we're going under right now so is, that, the is that better is that better or worse by the way <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a good, it's a good point. Uh Vegas would say it's worse. But <laughs> you got so you got the battle of the Kyles here. Right? Yes. Kyle and Kyle Murray. Not the first time they battled it out, right? Didn't uh Ky- Kyle who? and Ky- Kyle and Kyler. Sorry, Kyle and Kyler. Uh, Ryan and Ryan. It's not Ryan, it's Ryan. Uh battling it out in the desert. I believe they battled it out at A and M once before. Um But I, I think uh, I think Arizona's starting to start to show something. It looked really good last week in a in a loss, which you know, normally you don't put a lot of stock into, but considering they're so young and the air raid offense is starting to come together a little bit, and, and it just feels like the the wheels are off for for Carolina, and and you wonder what you know, what the future for McCaffrey looks like there because it, it looks bad. I mean, it looks really bad right now. So um, I, I'm going. It's a home game, Desert Cardinals. It's Arizona, my last So look,
0: I I watched a Thursday night game with the Panthers and the Bucs. And I hate Thursday night games in general, but I w- was thinking um, in in the in kind of the celebration of Storm Area 51, are you familiar with the movement? I,
1: I am, and I look forward to hearing this little story. I, the fact that you're referencing Thursday night football is, is funny in itself. It should not be taken into consideration in, in any of these games or else. No,
0: but in in kind of the the spirit of Stormy Area 51, which is scheduled for this weekend. um, And I would love to got got called off. You got called off.
1: Did you hear that?
0: I did, but then I heard it's like, they still don't know. Oh, all right. Well, hey. I I heard it called off, but they still, they're like, well, we really don't know. So I'm like, I can't wait to see these people get mowed down by the government. Anyway, so, um, Jesus. Anyway, I watched that game on Thursday night and I hate Thursday nights like I said but I thought about if if I say it was an extraterrestrial and I came down to this planet and they said and I said what is this football you speak of and they said hey sit down and watch this game and you tell me which quarterback is going to be out of this league in six months I don't know I I don't know which one I would say Cam looked brutal he he looked burnt he sort he looked. Yeah, I, I know, but he just looked baked in general. I mean, it, it's not it's not even hurt. It's just—I I don't. He looked out of it. He looked checked out, and I was just like, "This is—it was—it was bad." And and I was listen. I was chief conductor of the Panthers bandwagon. Uh, I think to begin this season, I thought if Cam was right, they could compete for a Super Bowl. And I am now kind of—you know—I'm kind of holding on the rail cart, leaning out and looking for a plate to jump off. And this is the week. Um, Something just seems really off. That defense I even love might blow. Tampa Bay actually ran on them relatively well. So, yeah, I think this is the first win for the Kingsbury-Kyler Murray era. Uh, Desert, minus two and a half. That's where I'm going. And we go to another interesting matchup. The G-Men. At... Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, <laughs> that that team on Thursday night, who would have thought Tampa Bay laying six and a half to anybody? Where's the doctor?
1: Yeah. So what was interesting here is uh, so obviously Eli Manning is no longer a starter uh, for the Giants, um, and Daniel Jones is is getting the start. The line didn't move when that was announced. <laughs> it was at it was it was at the six and a half i think it stayed the six and a half i don't i don't think it moved much if it did it, with that, it was a half point so i i found that um pr- pretty interesting for a rookie quarterback with no tape and no starts that to, to get the same respect that eli was getting so i don't know if that's uh good for him or bad for him um it's not good but as you it's, <laughs> but as you mentioned uh yeah, you know, crab legs looked pretty good on Thursday night last week. And again, that's was a, a Thursday night game, so we don't want to read too much into that. So for him, I go the opposite, right? So Thursday night, I don't think he threw any picks last week. So he goes back to Sundays, he reverts back to regular crab legs. I'm going Giants plus six and a half and, and they, they make him look like the quarterback that he is. And your boy Saquon has a has a has a big, big day. Giants plus six and a half. Oh. Uh, sneaky, sneaky money line there, Bob. Wowzers! Uh, yeah that's
0: right my my poor Saquon my poor Saquon
1: Um,
0: listen um, the Giants defense is bad and I just want to put a little perspective on here Um, their first round pick wonderful college player uh, DeAndre Baker cornerback they've kind of thrown him to the fire and it, it, it hasn't gotten off to a real hot start so according to pro football focus Oppositions have targeted him 11, sorry 13 times. They've gotten 11 catches for 232 yards, and a touchdown. And here's an additional quote from the athletics Dan Dugan, some of his performance, quote: The quote "fine DeAndre Baker's man offense working for another opponent unquote." Uh, and this is against Dak Prescott and Josh Allen so far for two games, which also they yielded the third highest passer rating of Allen's career, which is also the third time he's been over a hundred in a single game for passer rating. Uh, I bucks all the way here, laying the six and a half. They're back in the NFC South race with uh, Drew Brees' injury, so Bruce Arians gives the seems to his team to two and one, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm laying the I'm laying. The I can't believe I'm doing it, but I'm laying the same man. So yeah, I can't believe we're doing it either. Uh, yeah. So then we get to a game where I don't uh, have a great feel for, but Houston at the LA Chargers. Chargers
1: minus three. The prognosis. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a tough one to to feel out. It's kind of like who you believe in more. Do you believe in do you believe in the, the Houston offense and um, their story, or do you believe in the, in the Chargers and theirs? Because you know, the Chargers barely beat Indy in week one, they lose to the Lions, but then you got Houston and lost the Heartbreakers in New Orleans, uh, and then barely squeaks by a, a not very good Jacksonville team. Uh, so I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw a stat out here at you. Uh, the Chargers are 5-0 and against the, the spread against the Texans. Uh, and five and one straight up in the last six. So in the past they've seemed it's to juicy. have their number, but you lost the Lions last week. I I, can't, I certainly can't bet on you the week after that. I'm taking I'm taking Deshaun Watson and the in the Texans. I I believe he's healthy enough. I don't know if he's 100, percent but uh, I think they get it done out in out in L. A. Yeah
0: pass protect at all still after the Laramie Tunzel trade that they made for left tackle. Uh, Deshaun Watson continues to run for his life. Texans kind of lucky to be 1-1 one one with that Jacksonville win last week. Um, Chargers should be 2-0. and oh. They were about to go up 11 points on the Lions until Eckler fumbled at the 1-yard line, and it was just the luckiest thing in the world. So um, I think they bounced back I don't love it, but I'm doing the Chargers minus the three points. And that takes us to Pittsburgh, who also lost their quarterback at the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco minus six and a half. The doctor on the call.
1: Yeah, so if you back up preseason and – and you're asked, uh, Pitt at San Francisco, give me a line. Not a chance anybody comes up with this minus six and a half. I don't think there's a chance that anybody comes up with San Francisco minus anything. Uh, so this is, this is an interesting one. Um, I think people look, I know there's no big Ben, but you still look at it on paper and I think it, there's some shock value to the Pits, Pittsburgh being six and a half point dogs to San Francisco. Um, Pittsburgh is 0 2 against the spread. San Francisco 2 and 0 against the spread. Um, I see, I see the Niners covering the six and a half. I, like I said, I think it's still a, a shock value on paper. I haven't looked at the, the percent of bets. I still think most people would say like, oh Pittsburgh off the top of their head. So I'm going San Francisco minus the six and a half. Okay. Um,
0: well, like I said about Carolina. You know, you have these notions about teams at the beginning of the year, and I think as, as it quickly comes up in the first maybe two, three weeks, you have to decide, was I right, was I wrong? And, and while I've ejected myself from the uh, chief conductor of the Carolina Panthers bandwagon, I am now running the uh, control room for the San Francisco 49er bandwagon. And, uh, I'm telling you this i'm buying in on the defensive line with nick bosa d4 and solomon thomas they've had tons of qb pressures all over the map statistically across the board on um and just sacks and everything and one sign of good teams one sign is beating up on bad teams they've been up double digits early in the third quarter on both their first games So I am all over this as San Francisco laying the six and a half points. I think it's a rude awakening for Mason Rudolph in his first game as a starter for Pittsburgh. But it's not all bad for Pittsburgh fans because I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Pittsburgh is one of two test markets for Kentucky Fried Chicken's Chicken Donut. Are you aware of that? I've never even heard of this. I'm not aware of it. You're not... So, they're taking a piece of fried chicken and basically putting, like, two, like, the crispy cream donuts as the buns. That's disgusting. <laughs> Disgustingly <laughs> awesome. I, I can't wait to get
1: yeah. it. Okay, <laughs> fly out there and get one. <laughs> All right, so... Hey, Bob, <laughs> why don't Bob, why don't you take the lead on these next three? Why don't you lead yourself into them? I'll... You go, <laughs> you go first.
0: Gladly. So, um... We go now to very, very interesting matchup here. Uh, and I think even more so an interesting gambling line. But uh, New Orleans, the other team losing their quarterback for the year. Well, not for the year, but for a few weeks. Uh, New Orleans Drew Brees, Seattle minus four. And listen, um, a lot of people are saying that their season isn't over and they can tread water. I don't buy that. I think their season... I think New Orleans season is over. I don't think this will be some sort of like, you know, ridiculous embarrassing game. I think it will be a tough game. I, I respect New Orleans as a professional organization. I think they're well coached. They have a ton of veterans who I think will play really well and get behind whoever is starting. And that speaking of that, I think you're gonna see Taysom Hill back there from few series Bridgewater, I think Sean Payton is going to treat this game and the game's moving forward almost like one-game playoffs because they are in the midst of a probably what is this season and next season as Super Bowl uh, windows because then they have to start paying guys like Elvin Kamara and Marcus Davenport and all their younger players. So um, I don't think this will be an easy game. That said, Seattle is still – the 10 and 16 from last year. They're, they've started to a note. They have shown no signs that they're slowing down or, or you know, dropping off in some sort of way. In fact, I think their selection of DK Metcalf has added a little bit of a dimension to their upside on offense, which I didn't have last season. So if you believe Seattle is a playoff team and they're going to be in the mix in the NFC, they're not losing at home to a Saints team without Drew Brees. So I'm laying the four, Seattle, and I'll go to the doctor.
1: Yeah, nice pun there with the treading water with Teddy Bridgewater play there. That um, they will not be treading water with Teddy Bridgewater, as you said. Uh, I think you said it all. I'm, I'm in agreement with with the Seattle minus four pick for, for most of the reasons that you said there. The, the one thing you, you left off is Petey will be chomping that gun very hard on the sidelines. <laughs> and um, He'll be looking like the PD of old. He'll be running up and down, and I, I think they, they'll get it done. Um, I think it's easier than, than you think, um, and I'm taking Seattle minus four. Okay, yeah. I, I, I think if you
0: think Seattle's any good at all, they don't lose a game like this. So let's just switch over to now. We go to Sunday Night Football. I love this game. I think just like last week, this is a phenomenal game. It's a stay away completely for me from like a gambling standpoint.
1: Completely Um, agree.
0: uh, Total stay away because I think that Monday night game, I still don't think we really know anything about the Browns because that Jets thing, that situation was so bad. It, 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 It was a disaster. And honestly, Baker still looked a little shaky. I think a good offense would have been up by... 20, 30 points at halftime. They started so many drives in uh, advantageous field positions and they couldn't cash in. So, um, look, I just think this is a, this for Cleveland, this is a prove it game. You got to show me against a good team. And this is it. You're at home, you're on Sunday night, show me. Until they do that, they don't have my trust. I'm doing Rams minus three.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely the right way to look at it. I think the interesting thing is, it is only plus three. I, I might have thought it was a little more. Remember, this is your Super Bowl team from last year, um, and, and they're only they're only laying the three points. So I thought that was a little interesting, But but I'm with you. That that was good for good for Cleveland to get a win on Monday. It didn't really show us much. And you've got uh, an unproven team with a lot of hype against uh, you know a proven team who's who's on a mission this year. And I, I think until proven otherwise, we we stick with the Rams.
0: Yeah, uh, we're in agreement there, and that heads us to Monday night. Um, and and
1: uh, well, by the way, the Monday night's layout for the next few weeks is unbelievably bad, and this is the start of it. What, what, what well, well continuation this, of it, I guess, last week too. But. Besides, well, what's next week besides this one? What, what's next? I week? I, I, I got to go through it, Bob. but I looked at it over like the next seven weeks, and it's just it, rem- it was like Thursday night football. Like, what Thursday night football wasn't going to start? It was that bad. And they, they don't have a flex agreement. They, they have some sort of flex agreement like they do for Sunday
0: night, so they're probably very upset. So, well, let's get to it. Chicago is uh, at the Skins. Minus four. And I'll just open up with my, my special little touchdown drive stat that I talked about that I, 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 I believe in. Uh, the Redskins ratio through two games – Three to eight. That's the third worst in the league. Their average yard per carry is two point eight on the ground for running backs. That's only behind Miami and Cincinnati. And honestly, outside of a bomb to Terry McLaurin, I, I don't know they score an offensive T D in this game. Um and, and I kind of look back at that Broncos game last week who didn't have an offensive to touchdown until the very last drive and go. Well, what's this team gonna do? And and I I know I know I know Trubisky isn't great uh, by any stretch, but look, I you want you want me to pick this game? It's Chicago all the
1: way minus four. Well, I mean it's a good staff, but the one thing you left out about the touchdowns is the Bears only have one. They I only, do. They only have one touchdown this year. I I that's. That's correct. That's correct. One that, one so, uh, I mean, whether it's greater than fifty yards or less than fifty yards, it's only one. Uh, but, I, but I'm, but I'm with you here. The the, the Bears defense will will absolutely shut out the, this Washington team, and, and Mitchie, Mitchy, Mitchie will will do enough. They'll find a way. They'll they'll get it done. They're they're going to be Chicago's going to be one of those teams that's going to hang around for the majority of the season, and they're going to have an impact on on the playoffs, whether they find their way in there or not. They're going to be in the discussion for the past few weeks, and the teams that do that are going to win games like this against Washington. So it's it's Chicago. I'm with you.
0: We agree there, and let's transition into the real uh, the real opinions, which is the Power Five. Uh, I will. I'll start it off. I am Green Bay minus seven and a half is one. Minnesota, minus nine, is two. San Francisco, my, my, my boys, my, my new bandwagon, minus six and a half is three. And then I finished it out with Seattle, minus four. And the Monday night game we just talked about, Chicago, minus four as well. Okay.
1: That's pretty good. You'll go you'll four and one on those. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll lose that Denver Green Bay game. All right. Uh... I have Indy, minus one and a half, Kansas City, minus six, Philly, minus six, Houston, plus three, and Seattle, minus four. That's that's the doctors power five. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I expect the uh, the power five record to, to get back on track this week and especially start to trend upwards in the weeks four, five, six, and seven. Yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta you got to perform the your, model. You got you got to get the model going. Like there's, you know, this is all anecdotal stuff so far. Through two weeks, people are stretching back into the, into, the last year's against the spreads records, and sometimes it helps, but oftentimes it doesn't. So we'll keep building on it.
0: Well, uh, this was uh, a pleasure, and um, we will see how we do. And we'll always uh, be back for next week. It's great. Thank you, Doctor.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Bob. And hopefully maybe we'll watch a game here together on, uh, on Saturday night. That would be outstanding. Um, until then.
0: Until then what? <laughs> I think you get the picture. Uh, weird break off there, but doesn't matter. This is uh, episode six in the books. Swipe right sports. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at sportspodhookup. I'm going to get out of here. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. You can follow me at real Bobby Atcock on also both Twitter and Instagram. And uh, until next week, good luck this weekend.